Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. This is David Vaughn here. Welcome to another Excellent edition of Rev. I, I said We're excellent. We're very excited. Didn't I? Excited and excellent. Lots of great stuff that we want to talk about. It is our privilege to come to you every week. And uh, we're hearing from folks, from folks folks at Whitewater. So I stopped me the other day and said, oh, I listen to your radio show all the time. I said, great, now we have two people. But anyway, <laughs> it's wonderful. And thank you for tuning in to listen to Lori and I uh, talk and commensurate about uh, lots of different stuff and uh, that's on our minds, on our hearts, and sometimes in our city. And it's exciting when we're able to do that. And uh, we love it. And we're honored that you uh, are listening. And so uh, with every Rev edition, our goal is to rev up your life, uh, maybe make it a little revolutionary to you, as well as inspirational to kind of get you through another week. You know, you probably listen to it on Sunday night. Sunday nights are like probably a mixed bag. Do you think, Lori, for yeah. people? Some days, some some Sundays I love them, and some I'm just like, oh gosh, the hell did the weekend over, didn't it just start? Yeah, so they're like trying, still trying to recoup now that school is beginning to start mm-hmm. for folks in Eagle Country Land. They're like, okay, now we got to get serious, get to bed early, get stuff organized, mm-hmm. and Monday morning's coming. So I, I think there's a lot of Sunday night activity and 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 it's probably a mixed bag so we're glad that we can be a part of your sunday night routine and help uh, get you ready uh charge up your batteries you know uh for another good week so we thought we would take time on this particular rev to for Lori to ask some questions uh, and for me to give answers really off the top of my head i haven't done a lot of homework i got a little bit idea but uh, I am asked a lot of questions as a pastor, and just about every year the same questions are asked. Mm-hmm. So uh, I uh, gave some of those questions that are frequently asked questions, uh, probably by people in Eagle Country and in our particular church, probably lots of churches. And so uh, I will let Lori pick the ones that she thinks might be the most interesting we will see uh, what answers I get, and maybe these are some of the things that you questions you uh, have been ask uh, asking, and maybe you always wanted to ask a preacher a question about some topic, and it might be this preacher. So prepare to be underwhelmed. Uh, I'm not the smartest, you know. Uh, but I'll give it my best shot, Lori. Well, I think a few years ago, didn't we have a sermon where it was all questions people had either emailed in? Maybe this will spur another one of those. We did. Those those are always good because I never know what is going to be asked, and some of them I could preach a whole message series on. I'm really informed by them because I want to try it as a preacher to answer the things, the, the questions that people are asking. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the, the greatest fear of a, a, a preacher is to talk about stuff nobody's interested in or answer a question that nobody's asking. 
so I'm hoping that uh, we can do that again. Well, and if people have questions for us after this, this might spur how more would questions. They, how would they email us, yeah, They can email us at rev at eaglecountryonline.com. So if you hear something and you kind of think on that more and, and think of another question on it, send that over, and we can definitely touch on that um, in the future here. So Yes, well, lay it on me. Give me the first one. <clears throat> so let's start with a really kind of um, – just easy question. Just oh, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to talk about church and politics at the same time. So, um, what <clears throat> what does Pastor David Vaughn think about uh, President Trump and politics? And are we supposed to support our government? Wow! Under any Nothing like starting with a softball <laughs> question. You know, I mentioned a couple of uh, weeks ago on a radio show that I'd been doing some traveling in Europe, and uh, I was over in Germany. Uh, traveling to train some preachers there in Vienna. And our taxi cab driver, as we were driving from the hotel to the train station, uh, that particular day, uh, Trump happened to be in some kind of European Union leaders meeting and meeting with Merkel, the German chancellor. And those that were in Germany are not fans of President Trump. I don't think that the chancellor is in Germany. So the taxi cab driver, knowing we were from America, said, hey, Mr. Donald Trump is your president, right? And do you like him? This is what the taxi cab driver. So now I was in Germany at the disposal of this taxi cab guy. I said, you know, I said people love him or they hate him. I said a lot of presidents are that way. I said, but uh, business guys like him and other social people like him, uh, but some hate him. Mm-hmm. So he said, ah, he said, Mr. Trump. That's what he said. <laughs> Mr. Trump. He kept saying that. And so I'm asked more than once my view on that. So I have a mixed bag. Obviously, uh, the Bible talks about honoring those, submitting to those in authority over us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was written by Paul uh, to a, the church in Rome who was ruled by Caesar, who was, they were like killing Christians, so he still told them, submit to the government. So no matter how bad it gets in America, and it can be, get pretty rancorous and divisive, the government is not killing Christians, at least not yet. That may happen sometime down the road in future generation. So uh, I do think we are taught to submit to the office uh, regardless of the person. Uh, I would say that uh, President Trump has uh, helped uh, social conservatives in a lot of ways, whether it's Supreme Court justices, whether they're economic policies that uh, are near and dear to conservative people, uh, people of capitalism. Um, I think some of his decisions, uh, the reason people love him is because he's not a a typical politician. Mm -hmm. He talks real language to real people. He doesn't use political speak. He says... He is who he is. I don't think there's any pretentious, trying to fake duplicity. Mm-hmm. He is who he is. Uh, having said that, I don't think his character is the best we've ever had in a president. Now, there may be other presidents who were just as bad. We just didn't know about it, or they just didn't brag about it. But as some of my, uh, you know, um, as some of my preacher friends would say, you know, you're not electing a Sunday school teacher. You're electing a, a president that you think can help rule the country the best you know how. So whether you love Trump or hate Trump, uh, he is a very polarizing figure. 
for Christians in particular who think that society is getting worse, he has had an uncanny ability to land on the right side of some social issues that are near and dear to my heart, and I like him for that. Uh, I, but my loyalty is to a citizenship of another country. Mm-hmm. I love this country, but I'm not, and I'm a patriot, if you want to use that word, but uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, my loyalty is to the, the government first of this world. It's to a higher world. And I think you can be a Christian and a Republican or Democrat or an independent. You can be an American who's a Christian. But just make sure that uh, you don't see the two as the same. Mm-hmm. I, th- I see a lot of folks in our church, their loyalty is to a party. And uh, so much so that if you disagree with their political views, you, they kind of think that you're not being loyal to God or the Bible or the New Testament. And I think that's a big mistake. Whenever the church gets in bed with a political party or gets too close to them, the church always loses, always loses. So there should be a distinctive um, objectivity mm-hmm. by the church to say we want to be at peace with our government, we want to be at peace with our country. Uh, that's what the Bible says. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar, under God's what is God's. But I am not loyal to a, a candidate or a party. I'm loyal to Jesus. And when the government or my party goes opposite of what Jesus says, I got to go with Jesus regardless. Mm-hmm. So I would say, in answer to your original question, uh, you know, those listening in Eagle Country, they, they may have voted for Trump. He's pretty popular in Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, and so he's done some wonderful things. And compared to other candidates, he, maybe he's done better. Uh, I've been sad by the lack of character that I see, uh, not only in the presidency, but in lots of offices. Mm-hmm. But uh, having read news of late of some high-profile Christian leaders that I have admired, no, no one is immune to sin, and no one is in, immune. Nobody's perfect. No church leader is is perfect, including me. And so, uh, you know, I think we just keep on counting on Jesus. But this is the greatest country on the face of the earth. I mean, having traveled now abroad. Uh, and anybody that doesn't like America, you just go to a third world country. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, you will think, you know what? God did shed his grace on thee. Uh, it is the land of the free, home of the brave. It is a wonderful experiment, this democracy called the United States of America. And I, and I, I long for the days of Mayberry, mm-hmm. but those days but I, are gone. Yep. Uh, it's, just not, it's just a different culture. So our job is to restore the kingdom of God not restore us to be a Christian country. We, I don't know that we've ever been a Christian, quote-unquote, country. I think we've been a moral country in some issues, but I no longer think that we're a Christian country. I don't think God is obligated to protect us because we blaspheme the name of God, and our sins of our country are as great as any that he wiped out in the Bible. So um, I don't think he's obligated. But I think we are obligated to be the best citizens that we can be. And that's the government has a role. The church has a role. And when the government and the church, though, merge together, trouble always happens for the church. It always seems to compromise to, um, to, to the, a power that is political. And I think that is sad. So we might get a few 
emails about uh, Trump because I know we have some very loyal people. But that would be my answer to that. Well, I think about this a lot, too, and I don't talk a lot, even though I have my own political views, and um, they're relatively strong. I don't really talk about them often because people know those conversations don't usually go well. But I think whether you love him or hate him, that we should be praying for him. Absolutely. Um, Great thing to say. Yeah. And, and the Bible talks about it. Pray for those leaders. and Because, I mean, think of the pressure those guys are under, and women. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 I've talked to some higher-profile political people in my ministry career. I've tried to befriend them, encourage them. And I can tell you, they battle criticism, doubt, uh, demons. I, I, I personally think the devil, I believe there's a real devil. I believe that he inhabits the highest corridors of power in every country. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I think those guys have a tough job. I talked to uh, one of my representatives when I lived in Virginia, and he said, David, uh, most of the candidates I know, they start out as good men and women, and they are not corrupt, but they are corrupted by the system. So a bad system makes good people turn bad. And I think that that's a lot of, of what's, what's happening here today. And uh, so I, but having said that, I, I wish some of the brightest and the best of, of our church, of our community would run for office. You'll find some great men and women there who are believers, who do know their role. Uh, and I would love it if they would run for office. Unfortunately, because of the rancor and the media's prying into every aspect of a person's life, the best men and women do not run for office. Mm -hmm. Why would you invite that into your life? Put yourself through that. Why? Yep. So every I say that every year at election time, no matter who the two candidates are. Is this the best two people to lead the <laughs> <laughs> the free world well, that we people, can pick. I, I heard jokes before the last election, you know, where people are like, can we just as a country, let's, we're just going to take a break. We're yeah, not going to yeah. commit to any relationships for the next four years. We're going to figure out who yeah. we are. You heard everything. But, yeah. but I always think that, um, that the best way, if you want to create change, especially in the character, is mm. to, I don't think beating down is helping, and we yeah. see a lot of that. That's I think good, maybe Lord. encouraging and and, and good. using, you know, positive words, but, you know, it, it's just, it's a definitely a touchy topic, so I say pray, love yeah, thy pray enemy, and, and pray. love your enemy as yourself, and uh, that's good. Politics and religion do merge and mingle. Usually it's the church that ends up on the losing end of that, though. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. So uh, no matter who you vote for, and I think you should vote, people fought and died for us to vote. I don't care who you vote for. Vote. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's power in that. So uh, I was reading some statistics not long ago that I think more people you know, voted on the last American Idol in our young people demo than in the last presidential election. That's not oh, good. Yeah. Not That's... good. I love I've loved voting since the day I turned eighteen. It, there's something very patriotic it about does it. Feel it is that way, doesn't yeah, it? it's fun, but yeah. you need research too. <laughs> so I agree. Okay, good question. All right, on to another topic. Well, this could kind of segue. Um, does God ever give up on anyone? Wow, that's a good question. I say no. I think we give up on people, but God never gives up on somebody. Some of you listen to Eagle Country. You, I know you think, oh, God gave up on me because he's left me. If you knew, I hear it all the time, David, if you knew what I did, you'd, you'd, you wouldn't welcome me into the Whitewater Church. You stoned me. I mean, I, and so people come in Sunday morning, you know, having done stuff Saturday night that they feel guilty about, or their past is checkered with uh, failure, 
uh, or scandal. And you know what? God gave up. He never gives up on anybody. And so there's a story about a, a, a prodigal son who took off, and every day the father was looking on the horizon for the son to come home. And when he came home, he threw a big party. That tells you all you need to know about God and how he views you. Come home. Uh, God never gives up on people. And, I, and I've learned I should never give up on people because you know what? You never know. You really never know how close a person is to uh, coming home. And we have people who pray every day for somebody, and they'll go weeks and months and even years, and nothing happens. All of a sudden, boom, Mm -hmm. they show up. God works in some way. So it's never too late. You can't go back and make a new beginning, but you can make a brand new end by starting again. And no matter how old you are, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So I'm thinking of the thief on the cross, you know, two guys died on either side of Jesus. One rejected him. The other said, Father, you know, remember me when you come in your kingdom. That thief died, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So it's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's never too late, even in your last hours of your life. Uh, but I don't think God gives up on anybody. I, I think we do, and worse yet, I, I think that a lot of people give up on themselves. Uh-huh. And so when your self-talk becomes very uh, futuristic in a negative way and and very negative in your life, then you need to kind of say, you know what, if God loves me, I should be able to love me. And if God loves that person, which he does, I should be able to love that person. Well, and I can say to people that struggle with that, that I, I still, I mean, I have those feelings too. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's so hard to... Um, not let your emotions overcome you and it's very easy to beat yourself up and then I have to step back and say okay I have somebody that's there for me and not leaving my side no matter what so why am I putting so much pressure on myself and putting so much guilt on myself so um, some days are easier than others you know when things are going well it's a lot easier to to feel that way than during the hard times Um, yeah I, I think how we feel our feelings can lie to us depending on the day and the environment So you have to use your head. You have to keep coming back to who Jesus says you are, who God says you are in the New Testament. And so we need to be reminded of how he feels about us because the devil will get in your life and speak these thoughts into your life that say, you know what, you're no good. You're you're just a loser. And and, uh, you just need to be reminded about it. We sing a song around here, I am who he says I am. And I I think that's like critical uh, because the world will tell you who they think you are. Uh, so there's a difference between guilt and shame. I, I think God uses holy guilt to prompt us back. The devil uses shame. And it, after a while, you learn to detect the voice of the evil one versus the holy one in your life. And that's why a small group and having a good, trusted friend who knows you well is so important. Um, because when you start to feel this way, your friend can pick you up. Your friend can say, you know what, Lori, that's not you. That's not the Lori I know, or that's not the David I know. So, you know, pick yourself up here. Absolutely. I had something that, a literal conversation that just took place. I'm not getting into the details, but something just like that that just happened. And that friend's like, I don't know who is telling you this or where this is coming from. And then just goes into, you know, just give you that good advice. Words of affirmation. It is mindfulness. And I I think God loves Donald Trump. We'll link that to the past one. (laughs) I think he loves even him. He does. All the liberals would hate that, but he loves them too. Yep. I think when you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised who's there, and you're going to be surprised who's not there. 
And they may be surprised to see me and you there. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> um, okay. How I've done sins that I've done for years and years, mm. how can one stop repeating a sin oh, day wow. in and day out? Yeah, we're asked that a lot. David, it seems like I struggle with the same habit, the same sin all the time. I keep like asking God to forgive me of that sin. Have you ever gotten that? God, it's me again, and you know what it is, God. So I, I think there's a couple things on that. Uh, you're never going to be perfect here on earth. Jesus was perfect. That's why you accept him by grace mm -hmm. through faith. So that's why uh, we do a good job beating ourselves up most of the time. Uh, we don't need the devil to help us. But uh, I heard someone say, you know, um, if you throw a pity party, don't ever do that because the only one who shows up is the devil, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I do think that there are sins that constantly plague us till we die. I think all of us have a besetting or a sin or a temptation that will always be. We battle it all our life. Paul, in the New Testament, who wrote most of the New Testament, who killed people, by the way, in the name of Jesus and was still forgiven, uh, he said that, you know, that what I want to do, I don't do, and that which I, I want to do, I don't do. Who will deliver me from this body of sin? So I think every day those who follow Jesus battle the flesh. It's the battle of the flesh and the spirit. And you'll never conquer it. Some days you're just better. So I kind of look at it as the difference between training and trying. Mm -hmm. If you try to be godly, you're going to fail. But if you train, like running a marathon, I mean, if you and I go down and do the flying pig without training, we're going to be in trouble trying. But every day if we train a little bit, we should sin less. A, a, a Christian doesn't mean you're sinless, but it does mean that you try, train to sin less and less mm -hmm. each day. And so I think there is a battle. I think ha having someone who's an accountability partner who loves you, that knows everything about you, still loves you anyway, that you can confess to. I think those AA principles of having accountability are important. If there is a sin that, that you're battling, that you just can't seem to overcome, then you need to confess that sin to somebody so you'll be healed. That's what the New Testament says. Uh, but I, I, that's the good news and the bad news of sin. It will always be with you till you die. But then when you die, that's what heaven will be. No more sin. You, and Jesus, take, we, we, we put on his righteousness. Uh, he who was, had no sin became sin for us. And uh, so I think sin also, God works through it to keep you humble. You know, just when you start to think you're kind of all that and you get kind of high and haughty and mighty, God has this way of reminding you, you know, you, you better watch out because, you know, you're not that, all that. And sin, it keeps you humble. It keeps you dependent on God. So there is a good role of sin in your life. Um, when you stop feeling guilty about your sin, that's when you're in the biggest amount of trouble. As long as you're worried that I, 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 God, I keep bringing the same thing up. I'm so sorry. When you keep saying that, it's proof that you haven't gone too far. It's those whose hearts are seared, who, whose consciences are hardened and seared that I worry most about because they, they don't have any guilt about anything they're doing. Uh, and they're in the most precarious situation. So you learn to carry sin because you are learn to live in a sinful body. And, but you do your best to overcome the temptations that assail all of us. And I love this about Jesus. It says he was tempted in all ways such as we are, but was without sin. So what did Jesus do? Well, he spent time with the Father. 
He quoted scripture and memorized it. He surrounded himself with good friends. I mean, there's lots of, he didn't put himself in positions to, to engage whatever his greatest temptations were. You know, I meet people all the time, David, I, here's my sin. And I, I said, well, where were you Saturday night? Well, I was over there at the bar. I was over there at that place. I was uh, over there. So the old adage is true. If you don't plan on going in the house, stay off the front porch. Don't quit putting yourself in position to sin, and your sin will diminish. And some people really don't really get sick and tired of their sin. So you won't really conquer the flesh until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And until you pray for God to take away the desire for that sin, you're not really serious about it. You don't really want to get well. So I, I, it's a great question. I, I, I think everybody battles it. Uh, I have my particular ones. I don't care to list them on air on Eagle Country. Well, uh, and but, I think that's a good point to make because the reason that I do this show with you is because I'm still very early and new in my faith process. So yeah. as much as I love us being able to tell these stories of the people that are listening, as David knows, this is like counseling for me, and I'm it's taking good, notes down good here. therapy for us. It's, it, <clears throat> it is, and, um, you know, I still sin far more than I am sure. proud of, and I, as much as I don't want to admit that to my pastor, who's my <laughs> co-host on the show. <clears throat> I am not shocked. Neither of us on here are perfect by no. any means. Those that know no. me know that, and if you don't know me, I just promise you, I'm, no. Yeah, and our church is full of real-life sinners, so saved by grace. And those who say they have no sin, those are the ones that scare us the most. So, yeah. I mean, welcome to the uh, And we all know, uh, we all know wounded. someone like that. But I encourage people, if you're listening, take notes. I take notes. You can remind yourself, mm. you just said that if you don't want to enter the house, stay off of the porch. I isn't mean, that, that how easy of a... That's, that's pretty rich, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. Uh, that's, I'm going to write that on my mirror when write I... Write that on there. Yeah. yeah just whenever look you're at tempted. that every day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're welcome to come. Hey, uh, in a few remaining minutes, I hate to cut you off. These, we still got some good questions left, so maybe we'll we can do, do another, another show. show. Part two questions for David. <laughs> I hope I answered them, Lori, the way you wanted. But here's some uh, our little uh, update on weird, odd, creepy, creepy wacky church news. There are three new churches that have formed. Now I know some of y'all go to Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran. Presbyterian, Nazarene, Tangerine. I don't know what kind of church you go to. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here are three new churches that have started that are on the radar now. Lori, if you ever get tired of Whitewater, which we pray you never do. So I'm writing these three down? These might. Okay. Well, I don't know. These might be three you're interested in. How about the Church of Euthanasia? Did you know that? It's more mm. a protest movement than a true religion, but there's an actual church that uses sermons as one way to spread its message. It says that the earth is overpopulated and it necessitates that people take measures to actively reduce the number of humans in the future. It's uh, located in India. It says, while the group does not condone murder, that's nice, isn't it? They do promote their only commandment, thou shalt not procreate. <laughs> so engage in suicide, abortion, save the planet, kill yourself is one of their most famous and controversial oh. slogans. Uh, I don't know. You may not want to join that church. No. Next. It, that doesn't appeal to you, does it? But this uh, is real. This, this is, is real fake. stuff. Yeah, it's real. Jediism. Did you know that there's a new church for Jedi people? Now, I know now, Star Wars. Now, that might—we might have to worry here. Okay, here you one. go. 
I know we got Star Wars fans out here. Most of people are aware of the basic tenets of the Jedi, <clears throat> the like side, the dark side, intangible force that binds the universe together. But there are some who actually follow these beliefs in real life. Jediism has no central organization, although there is a Texas-based Temple of the Jedi order, and they follow the 16 teachings of the Jedi. It's probably the weirdest of the ones that I've listed here, considering that it binds fictional values from a movie series, as well as beliefs from Asian religions like Buddhism and some other stuff. Not so, surprised this started in Texas. Jedi, lots of stuff in Texas. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, well, you Texas people. I have to say that because our, you know, our fearless leader is a Texan, so I we have to get our little Maybe Texas Maybe we need jokes. to talk with her. <laughs> Last and certainly not least, here's one for you from France. Cla- a guy named Flaude Verilhans has started realism. He was a French race car driver. He derived it from a name given to him by aliens, he says, who abducted him before revealing the true origins of mankind. He was taken to a distant planet called Elohim. Elohim, by the way, is another name. It's the Hebrew name for God. By the aforementioned aliens, where he was honored enough to meet great philosophers and teachers throughout history. He met Jesus, Confucius, Buddha and Joseph Smith, who was the founder of Mormonism. In addition to revealing that life on earth began when humans were created from alien DNA (laughs) 25,000 years ago, the aliens also informed him that the earth should expect their arrival in Jerusalem in the year 2025. So you just got a few years left to get ready for realism to return. So got a few years. You know, if people are interested, they can Google those and learn more if they would like to maybe attend a church that's a little less slightly weird, still weird. Yeah, weird in a good kind weird of way. Weird in a good kind of way. You yeah, can go to whitewatercrossing.org and click on plan your visit, and we would yeah. love to see you on a Sunday morning here. What a great segue. She's like a professional out there in radio land, and we're glad you're here. And we are glad for Mark Kreimer, who uh, faithfully and generously uh, supports this radio program from the Beer House. Go down there and check him out if you haven't been let there this summer. Let him know if you listen. Go in there. Let him know his servers. Everybody yeah. there knows about the show, and they a do. lot of them attend Whitewater as well. So let him yeah. know. Mark say could thank start you. his own church. You know the crimer uh, crimerism down there. Uh, you know the Beer House religion. A lot of people <laughs> they already do that. But anyway, we love it coming into your hearts and your homes every Sunday night at Rev. And so uh, until next time, until we talk again, and we got some exciting stuff coming up. So uh, make it a habit to tune in every Sunday night. But on behalf of Lori and I and the Rev program, thanks again for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.